Thank you for joining us on Feed the Crew. If you haven't already, please subscribe and follow us on Facebook or Instagram. If you have any feedback, if you'd like to be a guest or suggest a topic, go to our website, feedthecrewpodcast.com. If you love the show and want to support us, you can do that at buymeacoffee.com forward slash feed the crew. Hey, it's Ray. Welcome to Feed the Crew. Today we have Chan Harris all the way from Las Vegas, Nevada. Welcome to the show, Chan. First thing I want you to do is to tell us about yourself. Oh, I'm Chan Harris. I started out as a DJ way back in high school. Uh, we used to rent out ballrooms from local hotels in Southern Jersey. My friends and I, we uh, used to have big parties and charge like $5 at the door. So we did that and was making good money. And we had ties to the Philadelphia radio shows, WDAS, such as WDS, such as MMR, way mm. back in the day. Uh, yeah. So we were doing a lot of stuff as young guys. And as, you know, as we grew up, my friends and I, we separated and I ended up going to school and working at a juvenile facility, which I hated because the kids were terrible. I was terrible with the kids. So I needed a change in life and I came out to Las Vegas. When I came out to Las Vegas, I started doing underground parties. They used to call them raves. Right. I just called them underground parties. A friend of mine that I was associated with said, hey, I should come out since I know about audio. I should come and work for this company called Encore Production, which was maybe in its like fourth or fifth year of up and coming. And after a year of them trying to get a hold of me, I said, okay. So I started working for them. Um, a uh, guy was like, hey, grab that camera on the floor and just shoot around. And I grabbed the camera and I loved shooting it. I became a camera guy, handheld guy from, from doing that. I mean, I didn't do no shows at that time, uh, but I, I, I loved it. And uh, the same guy was like, hey, we should buy a projector. We should buy a projector and let it let the company Encore subrent it from us. So we put together like $12,000 and we bought this sharp uh, projector. It was sharp, eeky, same thing, 35, sharp 3500. And we sent it on tour for like a year and it doubled what it cost because it went on tour for a year. So we always had income coming in. That's basically how I got started in this industry of um, AV and production. And one thing led to another. I started because I had a projector, then I could use that projector to figure out, hey, how to do this and do that. And then went to a bigger projector or more, you know, uh, the Barcos or, or the, the bigger, the harder projectors that were coming into production. Uh, so I was known as a production guy. I was known as a projectionist. I was known as a handheld camera guy. W working with Encore Productions got me in a position where my name started developing amongst the production people around the country who used to come into town to do different events. And so ba basically I started out in corporate. Gotcha. Okay. Started me... out in corporate. 
let me put a time out on you for a moment. Um, you jumped right into how you got started, but tell me about yourself. Tell me about you now, what you've been doing. In the, like, who are you now from like the last couple of years? What have you been doing? Let, let's well, hit the big picture first before we jump back to how you got started. Well, the guys consider me as a mentor because I always let my opinion be felt. <laughs> and I always try to tell the younger guys, hey, this is how you should act. Always think about customer service. Always think about repeat business. Um, and it's my job to make the people who hire me look good. And the people who I recommend, it's your job to make me look good. And we build a good team together so that everything is consistent because we would like to have repeat business. Everything is a cookie cutter. No matter, no matter what company gets the contract, it's still always the same shows. Whether it's AWS or Cisco or, or Vimware, they all use different companies, but they always want the same people to work for them to, because they know what they're getting. Right. It's not about the equipment. It's about the people. You know definitely, how to run it and you're a good person. Definitely. It's about the people. Definitely. It's about, you know, developing a good rapport with your client and give them the confidence in you to know that they can give you a task and that you're going to complete that task right. without have to, without them have to being like, Oh, well, why is this that? Or why is that that? Or that, you know, get it done simple to the point. Yep. When you sell yourself to your clients, is it that they approach you for a specific job or do you have like an array of jobs that people know you for? I have a array of jobs that people know me for people. I'm, how would you say, I'm a straight shooter. I, I'm going to call it the way it is. I'm not going to, you know, this is what needs to be done. So that's what I expect to get done. If someone tells me A, B, C needs to happen, it happens in that regiment, A, B, C. And we don't divert. Yeah, we may have to change the situation because it's not working in the manner. And you always have those opinions of why don't we do this like this? Or why do we do that like that? Because that's not what they asked us to do. We have to do what they asked us to do. And if that doesn't work, then we battle that at the time that it doesn't work. And we give suggestions as to how it may work. Right. Some people don't understand that, um, you know, how you do the breakout rooms and you have a small room and there's a speaker in that room and he's like, well, this room doesn't really need a speaker, but that's none of your business. <laughs> that client has to have a speaker in there or, and a microphone in there because that's what was written on the, <laughs> on the job description. So it's right. not your, it's not your responsibility to say, and especially say out loud why a client isn't here because people are in business to make money. You know, right. people, if they were supposed to have a speaker, if they're supposed to have a speaker in there, and a microphone in there, no matter how small the room is, then that's what you give them. Because right. that's upselling to the companies that you're, you're working for. So don't take anything away from the company. You got to remember that's your bread and butter. Right. And, and that's the way their client wants. You know, that's what right. their client wants. So who are you to come in and try to give your opinion? Mm -hmm. You know, sit back and watch what's going on and learn the business. 
Right. So it's like for a while when you're first starting out, it's kind of go with the flow and keep your mouth shut. Exactly. We can talk in the back hallway. Yeah. But we're not talking in the room and we're not talking in the front hallway. We go out back. (laughs) I'm sure you've been in this position here. Absolutely. Where you've been in a ballroom where someone starts pointing at something that's, you know, maybe, maybe the drape is, is not level but you point out to it and your client comes in the room and you start pointing, you know, they're like, yeah. Oh, now, you know, something that we could have fixed without them have to having that on their plate. Right. You know, so. Or having somebody shout from the top of the lift, Hey, Houston, we have a problem. Exactly. No, 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 no. You come down and talk to us. Exactly. <laughs> face to face. Exactly. exactly. So a lot of people misunderstand that, there's layers to this situation, you right. know, and everybody doesn't need to know everything. If you're having something wrong, the last thing you want is your client to be like having anxieties as to, you know, it's, it's two minutes before doors and we have a problem. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, fix the problem. Take <laughs> a minute right. to fix that problem. And you don't even have to mention anything to the client. Right. You know, you just, just do what you have to do. The same as, uh, one of the things I can't stand is when you get on show site and you, you get those audio guys and some video guys who are prima donnas who feel like they can't push a case or they can't move something over or, or that's not my job. That's something I never want to hear on a show site. Right. That's not my job. It's our job to make everything look great for our clients. It's our job to, to, to really do, go all out. And that's how you get repeat business. So one thing, and, and I know you and I are on the same page about this, but one thing that uh, has always stuck out to me are folks who think that their client is actually the end client. So our client is either an AV staging company or a production company. It's, our client is not HP. It's not Google. Sure, we want to make things the best for them. But when we're talking about our client, we're talking about that AV company and the production company. Whoever hired you is your client when you're a freelancer. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that is your, your client. You don't go up and above. It's just like the military. Mm-hmm. If you're a corporal, you go to the sergeant. You're not supposed to go to the lieutenant or the captain. Next up, that's who you explain it to. You don't go above the people who put you in a place to be where you are. You go up the ladder. This, this, this this, is, yeah, don't step over your bounds. (laughs) No, 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 no. That's an easy way for you to have less clients. Um, I work for a lot of different companies, uh, Creative Technology, PRG, Encore, PSAV, and you always that generally you always have a project manager. So that is your person that you want to go to if you are the head of the department. You want to go to the project manager and said, "Hey, these are issues that I have," or you want to say, "Hey, we did this and it's all done, and what do you have next for us to do?" But mm-hmm. you're not going to jump ahead and go to the, the account exec who sold the show or to 
somebody who works for uh, George P. Johnson or one of those affiliate Jack Morton, that's right. not, you know, that's not your lane. You're not supposed to be in that lane. Stay, stay in your lane. Yeah, right. sometimes those guys might come up to you and have questions and, and you refer. Hey, uh, yeah, we had to do this, that, and the other, but if there's any issues, see such and such. He's the project manager because he's going right. to relay that to you. So, in other words, stay in your lane. <laughs> stay, stay, stay in your lane and enjoy the ride. Right. You know, do, do what you're hired to do. Be professional. You know, make sure that you keep your professionalism to the utmost because you reflect how that project manager, you know, performs. Right. It's your job to make that person look good, just as well as if you're the head of department, the people that you recommend to do services with you, you trust them to make you look good. Right. Yep, they have to keep in mind that the project manager is probably the one who's pulling the names to yes. be scheduled on the event in the first place. So, you know, when you're saying keep keep in your lane and, and refer to your project manager, that's the biggest compliment you can give them and they'll remember that and they will oh, bring yes. you back for the next one. And if you're somebody who goes out of your lane and they'll find out about that too. Oh, yeah, it all comes out. It, and that's, it, it, that's it when they're out. like, yep, bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> depending on what it is i mean sometimes it's not a big deal and they might just come talk to you about it but you well, know what i mean and it depends on the position i mean you mm -hmm. might have a graphics person who you might have a graphics person who really knows more of what's going on or you might have a um some, somebody the audio guy who has his cues or you might right. have the v1 who has his cues i mean right it's it's a it falls down the ladder right and they are going to, to, to be talking directly to the client, just like a show caller and a stage manager. Oh, yes. You know, there are definitely times when those leads are going to be talking to the client. That's not exactly what we're talking about. The, when you get into that position of being a lead, you've definitely already learned all these basics that we were talking exactly. about. Exactly. Because you don't exactly. get to be a lead if you fail at those basics. Exactly. You have to... You know, sometimes you have to deal with the stage manager and sometimes you have to deal with the producer. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the producer is the stage manager and the producer. <laughs> you know, sometimes some they're the graphics up and the producer. <laughs> exactly. Depends on the size of your show for sure. Yeah, exactly. And you have different stages. You know, some people really like to have, they're set in their ways. I've worked with a lot of different producers who might have only a 10 by 10 room with one mic and one yeah. speaker, but they want to run that room a certain way. Like a and general session. Ex yeah, exactly. Like a general session and they want things run regimentedly. You, we don't need no squeaking on the mic. We don't need no, you know, if you have a computer there working with the projector, make sure that you, you're, you're on point. Yeah. And pen, you know, in this day and age, we have the cell phones, you got the games on the cell phones, and people tend to lose where they are. Pay attention. Pay attention. You're there to do a job. Pay attention yeah. and take pride in what you're doing. That's a big part of it. Take Absolutely. pride in what you're doing. Absolutely a big part of it. All right, let's see. 
So from when you started out, you were working at, you said you were working at Encore there in Vegas. What challenges did you face when you were working with Encore? When I was working with Encore, personalities. It's just um, developing where one's personality is and letting them know of your talent. You know, you had to build that trust up. Certain people had to build the trust up of what they felt about you to know that they can give you a task and you complete that task. Hey, if you get a room description, you have to run the cable a certain way. I, I'm a meticulous person. I don't know if it's ADD or whatever it is, but like, you know, I have to have things taped down. I have to have things organized. I have to have things labeled mm -hmm. so that if you have a, an emergency that you're able to check out whatever the situation is, you know, you might have to put a ground lift on a XLR or you might have to change out a, a BNC who has a loose end and, you know, you, you're getting an intermittent single to the projector. You know, you have to be able to, to check out things and be aware of not blowing it up to make the end client feel uncomfortable. You know, right. they come into, oh, what's, what's wrong? Oh, it's the wrong color. It's the wrong, that's, it's not right. You know, take your time, breathe. Don't get yep. too excited, but still be able to fix issues as they come. You're a tech. Right. Check it out. Absolutely. Follow the flow. If you put labels on all of your cables, if you, you, you keep all of your cables neat and clean, you know, instead of the spaghetti that some people, you know, one of the first things about this game is learning how to wrap cable, learning how to make things organized. Mm -hmm. uh, with doing broadcasting, you know, being a utility as well, I fell into that, being a, a broadcast utility, you know, you have to do a butt farm, you have to make sure everything Everything connection is good. So one of the first things you ought to be doing is testing your cable, depending upon the company that you work for. Because there are companies who, um, how would you say, they, they don't QC cable. Or right. sometimes they don't QC gear. Yep. But being, I've always been a person who was able to check out a situation and say, hey, well, we need to replace this here or we need to replace the lamp and the projector or, hey, we have this channel is out on the Mackie mixer or whatever the case may be. But don't let yourself get excited or upset about something not working. And especially one of the things you don't want to do on show site is tell somebody, hey, well, this company has bad gear or da 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 da. No, because now that's you just shooting that yourself in the foot. Right. That was your client that brought that gear in. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, and you have to, you, know, you have to watch what you say on show site because you never know who's listening. Absolutely. You, know? you never and know who you're talking to. It reflects on your behavior or, mm -hmm. or how, how it is. And that screws up your repeat business. Right. So you mentioned being a broadcast utility. Uh, I worked for UFC Ultimate Fighting for nine years. I UFC? fell into that. Yeah, I, I worked at, I did projection for UFC from 2001 through 2009. And how did you fall into that? <laughs> they needed somebody. 
You, I'm sorry. That sounded terrible because you are a very hard worker. You're very good at what you do, but sometimes, you know, finding these jobs and, and falling into something so cool as having nine years with UFC. How'd um, you do that? Some, some friends of mine. Uh, oh, uh, Joni, uh, uh, Joni Mendrill. She had taken over a company and ComCon out of Connecticut came to her to book labor for UFC because it was based out of Las Vegas. So they didn't want to fly a utility in. They flew camera guys in, but they didn't want to fly a utility in. So because I worked with her on some other, some other events because uh, her co the company that she worked for and Encore were in partnership, which Encore eventually bought up. So she okay. brought me into the UFC world to be a utility, only to find out that I did projection also. So yeah. I started out on ringside, setting up all the monitors and helping out with the camera guys and, and things of the sort. And I just landed the job of being the projectionist with uh, one other guy. And I ended up touring with them for from 2001 all the way through 2009. That's awesome. 2009, 2010. Oh, it, it took me around the world. It took me to Brazil. It took me to the UK. It took me all around the US. And uh, it, it was a great experience. It, it was a great experience. You know, I didn't want to leave when I left, but um, I needed to be able to grow and do some other things. It, it's a funny thing with this here what we do because when somebody see that you do this they just label you as that's what you do but you might have aspirations to do other things i switched cameras yeah but people didn't know that right. people didn't know that i did audio but people doesn't know don't know that i do rigging also but i don't promote myself to do those items because i like to consistently try to build on knowing the whole gambit of production and that's how you end up being becoming a technical director or producer or executive producer. Absolutely. You know, you, I, I'm a person who don't like just being, you know, I like going up the ladder. And like, I, I like to keep moving up to do this, to do that in all aspects, you know, and I've been fortunate enough in my career that I've done film, I've done TV, I've done uh, corporate, uh, so it's, 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 it's great. And building up those credits, you know, as being an all around person is important as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think the more, you know, the more, uh, options. jobs you get, the more options you have. And, you know, sometimes when you do that, when you're younger, then you have the opportunity to find out what you do like best. Right? Uh, setting up for when you become older like i am i've been in this business now going on 26 27 years now so as it's coming as it's coming towards the end i have six more years before i um can apply for my uh retirement from local 720 here in las vegas iati local 720 um and that's good but I'm not going to stop there. I'll, I'll end up consulting or producing. And there's, you know, you have to take stepping stones to get where you want to get. And hopefully just working 12 months out of the year, 
you know, right. doing one show or doing two shows. And a lot of people don't understand. Also, you have post-production and pre-production. So, you know, those are billable hours Absolutely. when you're freelancing. Yeah. They're bill billable hours. And you always want to have options. <laughs> options Absolutely. are good. Absolutely. Well, and so you, you told us about some of your challenges and some of the things you've done over the years. You're, you're actually very well educated in many different uh, aspects of our industry, which I, I find fascinating. I think it's great um, that you've been able to do it. To me, it means that you can work on things that you're passionate about, right? And that yes. to me means that you're not really working. I have told people that you know, I love what I do so much. I don't feel like I've ever worked a day in my life. And of course I have worked my butt off, right? It's my craft. It's my career. It's what I do. Um, but now here we are in, you know, 2020 and we have this pandemic that comes around and shuts down all live events, but you have been able to continue working through this. What can you tell us about that? Well, Ever since I was a young child, my grandmother, who put the install of the hustle into me, and the hustle meaning, you know, uh, I was six years old sweeping up hair in the barbershop, getting two, three dollars just to sweep up the hair. I, my grandmother, where she lived at, she had me clean the snow out of everybody's walkway on the block. She had me cut the grass, so I, I had a paper route. So at a very early age, I was always taught to, hey, you got to keep going on, do this, do that. So I have a, I live by never let the problem get to you, let you get to the problem. That's I how I live. So that's what keeps me going and motivate me. Now, this time in COVID-19, the same, you know, if you want something, don't wait for it to come to you. Go get it. And that's my model. Don't wait for it to come to you. Go get it. And fortunately enough, people have come to me and said, hey, can you do this? You know, I, yes, just yesterday, I put a big projection image on a building saying, get out and vote. <laughs> you know, so I'm always in the mix. I'm always in the mix. And even though, yeah, maybe I only work once a week or twice a week, I still motivated to not let the problem get to me, but let me get to the problem. Yep. Well, and that's, that's more than, than some of us have or have done, you know, to continue to at least look for those events and things that can happen, things that Glass can do. half full, half empty. If right. If half full, then you you got to take it to the next level. You can't just sit back and take a L, just take it as a loss. That's, <laughs> that's not an option for me. You can put that one on your head if you're going to do that. Exactly. I <laughs> always, you know, you could, I mean, here we are doing this here virtual. I mean, take it to the next level. Uh, get on YouTube, figure out, hey, what, what are the devices that are going to get you to be able to stream? What are the devices that's going to be able to do this, that, and the other? How can I make myself a position? Right. You know, well, how can I be a part of what's going on? I mean, when we come back after everything is done, 
some things are not going to change. We're, we're going to be in this virtual world now forever, for, forever. Yeah. The, yeah, the way that, that the market strategy, the way that the marketers are going, you know, we're going to, we're going to see a whole different outlet of our industry. But, and the old part will be coming back as well, because there's some items, you have to touch it. You have to feel it. You have to, you know, put that camera up to your eye. You have to see how different things work. But then too, when you're in the tech world, uh, VMware, it's all about coding. It's uh, AWS, it's, it's all about the, the process, you know, the, the box, black box, what is, I think, uh, you know, the dark matter, things like that there, you know, how, how it's gonna work, you know, yeah. or, but it's just an extension and you have to look at it that way don't look at it on the negative side, look at it on the positive side and what you can do to put yourself in a place that you can take it to the next level. Our industry has been changing for the last 20 some odd years. You know, 20 years ago, we had, you know, we, we, we had stuff that worked a certain way. I mean, we don't use, who uses VGA anymore? <laughs> <laughs> You know, exactly, yeah. you know, who, who uses, who uses that anymore? You know, now we're at a different resolution. Now, you know, you used to have the CRTs. Look at how our computers are now. You, you can have a computer in the palm of your hand that works your whole house, you know, and technology is always going to be advancing and it's up to us to keep up with the technology to be able to do different things. I mean, look at, you can make movies with your iPhone. You can make a feature with an iPhone. It's just putting your creative together and taking it to the next level. Yeah, you are your only limit, right? You are your only limit. <laughs> and, but what's, what's going on now, and I have to mention this also, is us older folks, aren't as technical as the younger folks because these younger folks have grew up with all of this new technology. So we have to catch up or keep pace with it. Right. You know, we definitely yeah. have to keep pace. I definitely see like younger people, it comes to them easier because these are the tools that they grew up with. Yeah, absolutely true. So where do you see the future of our industry going? You kind of touched on that a little bit and I'm interested to hear what, what you think, what you're seeing we'll our see future looking like. A lot more virtual marketing. We'll see um, more health things going on as far as the big conventions, you know, you're gonna have, you know, now, they have this course that makes you, uh, how would they, they call it a covert compliance officer? Right, the COVID the compliance co officer, yeah, compliance. You, know, you have that going, it might not, they're, they're probably gonna change the name of that to health compliance person or- Or health safety something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I see that coming along. I don't see us really getting back into the concert scenes until 2022, that's not gonna happen for a while. I mean, I know they're trying to open up Disney, they're trying to do these virtual concerts. I mean, the virtual concerts, I really don't understand because 
the the talent has to do something drastic to make it drastic for you not to want to come and see them in a performance view. But viewing them on the computer or viewing them on a monitor is really not the same energy as you being in there. Yeah, there as is far definitely as performances. A, definitely a component to face to face and interacting with people live. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Well, you, you, you know, as far as Broadway or the theater, you know, yeah, okay, we had Hamilton on Disney, but I'd rather be <laughs> Hamilton in the theater. Right. You know, and then I have, like, you have different artists who performs different roles and you want to see them do those different roles on Broadway or in the theater, in a theater atmosphere. And yeah. we've come adjusted to that. Um, so we will see that come back once, you know, entertainment is the entertainment part of it is, is going to take a moment. It's going to take a moment, but the virtual little step up, um, the doing the auto shows. I mean, you want to sit in the car, you yes. want to see how the wheels yes, spin. See? Exactly. <laughs> you You're know, right. or during NB, NAB, mm-hmm. you, you want to see, you know, national broadcasters association. You, you want to, you want to see stuff work. You want to feel it, you know? Right. So, yeah. Um, I think they'll, they'll stop as the big crowds, but they'll still do the smaller stuff and it'll eventually just build, build back up. You know, you, you touched Bowl. on, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Super Bowl. You know, they, they trying to figure out what are they going to do? They're going to have a whole stadium going on in Tampa Bay and everything that goes along with the Super Bowl. You know, that's our industry. That's, that's, that's what we do. And all these festivals that happen, this is our industry. Yeah, absolutely. You touched on uh, education, how we learn. So there's a lot of things that we can look at online and go to these webinars and stuff like that. But so many of us, particularly in this industry, we are hands-on learners. Like there's so many of us that don't just read a book and uh, watch these webinars and really, you know, absorb what it is that we're going to be doing with that piece of equipment or with that software. We're hands-on people. So you are absolutely right that, you know, sometimes like NAB, you really want to get out there and touch it. So I think that's going to be a big thing. Yes. It's, it, you know, and, Everything is on the web now. You know, the, the web is just going to get bigger and these, you know, <laughs> these meetings on um, Facebook are going to get bigger. Uh, social media, you know, it's, 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 it's a big change. Yeah, it sure is. So also touching on education, um, did you... Did you go to school for audiovisual or you did not go to school for audiovisual? You did, did not, not go to school for audiovisual. So you I went were to one of those. To be, I went to school to be a social worker. That's, that's, what, <laughs> that's what I was told to do. Take liberal arts classes and become a social worker. But, you know, we, it's hard being a teacher and making a living. It's hard being a in that field and being able to survive in this day and age, mm-hmm. because they're really, if you don't become a doctor, uh, have a doctorate in that field, 
you will not be able to survive in 2020 or 2021 mm-hmm. as it's coming up. Uh, my whole idea on the college scene and what I've learned um, is it, it's just a, it's a scam. <laughs> it's, a, it's a scam. They talk you into taking all of these loans. Yes. Yeah. They talk you into taking all of these loans and whatnot to do this and do that. And because that's how we were taught to do. That's what we were taught to do. Go to college and this, that, and the other. But look at how much schools have taken in over the last 50 years and how much debt that they put your parents in and yourself in. Mm -hmm. You know, I know people who are lawyers who are like 60 years old and are just finished paying their student loans off at 60. Yep. Yep. I finished, I finished paying mine when my youngest graduated high school, same year that my youngest graduated high school. It's ridiculous. You know, Mm -hmm. that you have this burden for 20 some odd years. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. You know? Uh, so, um, for a young person wanting to get in this industry, I say, get with the company and start at the ground level. Start in the warehouse. Start in the warehouse and learn your craft. Learn what the cables do. Learn what an XLR is. Learn the different gauges of, of material so that you can know what it's, you know, uh, as far as power, you know, if you use a 12 gauge or a 14 gauge, it can carry X amount of current, you know, you know, if you're, you're going over 300 feet that you need to have a certain gauge or yep. it's not going to be to your benefit, you know? Right. So, right. Uh, and you know, we're, we're moving on with technology. Data is, you know, it started out with cat three, then it all the way up to cat six now, or, you know, and information is traveling so much faster. You know, you had three G, then you have 4G. Now you got 5G. Right. You know, understand the technical parts of what your craft is. Understand and keep up with it. Now the younger right. cats, younger guys, they did cat three, cat, you know, 3G. <laughs> what was 3G? You know? Right. You know, what was what was 2K? Wait a minute, 2K? What was that? Well, now we're up to 8K and everything <laughs> is still changing. Well, yeah. H D H and then now H R D, you know, it's just different, you know, you get all of these monitors that these big TVs that are on sale now, they're on sale for a reason because the right. new technology is already out. So <laughs> we're going to sell all of these out and make whatever we can make with them. But next year we're going to put this out and you're going to want to get that. Yeah, exactly. Everything's always evolving. Uh, one thing I would mention is that, uh, a good way for them to get all of the information that you're talking about would be to look into some AV history. So yeah, great. Go work for a, an AV company. Start out and go sweep cable. their floors, go make some cables, get some coffee on a show site and be present, et cetera. But uh, grab that AV history book and find out what VGA was. Yeah, find exactly. out what Cat 3 was, you know, and where we came from in our technology because it always helps you to move forward. Exactly. Exactly. I want you to tell us what was the funniest thing that ever happened to you on a show site? One of the funniest things that I've had a few things. One of the funniest things that happened to me on a show site was um, doing James Brown. 
James Brown came to Las Vegas and he had a show at the MGM and he acted a fool. Then he was getting an award from Monster Cable. Monster Cable would come to Vegas for CES every year to do a big award show for people like Carlos Santana, um, the Leonard Skinner. They would give all of these awards out to these old bands from the 70s and the 80s. Uh, James Brown came there. I was a camera guy. He came there and complained about the lighting and he stopped in the middle of the show and told them to get rid of the lighting guy. Told him to get rid of the lighting guy and he sat there for like 10 minutes, but he's getting this award. (laughs) He sat there for 10 minutes until they got another lighting guy because he didn't want them to light him with red or blue. It it was just uh, hilarious seeing him act up and the way he was. And this was in his later years. Uh, it, it was very, very, very amusing. I was oh, that's happy great. to be a part of that show, though. I was happy <laughs> to be a part of that event. You know, but that was one of my, my most funniest times, seeing that type of talent, you know, just, just melt down, you know. For, for good reason, in a way, right? If you look at the... <laughs> I mean, it, it, start, it, it was a whole process. It started because it was a three-camera show and at rehearsals, he came in and said, oh, we, I can't do a, a three-camera show. I got to have four cameras. I got to have four cameras. And because I worked for Encore and I had keys to the warehouse, I had to go to the warehouse and grab another camera d- during rehearsals to bring it out. Um, it, it was just to see to see talent like that be animated. I've seen, I've, I've seen quite a few people be animated. You know, the, t- the talent. I don't want to mention any other's name, anybody who's living. <laughs> but I've seen a couple people from the state of New Jersey <laughs> just act a fool. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. act a fool. And they were getting an award. <laughs> and they only had like, you know, they only had like 20 minutes where they might've been playing three songs, you know, and <laughs> just scream at the guitar tech or just scream or just, you know, was out of element. And for us to see that in a performer, right. you know, yeah, I've, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen a couple, a few, a few <laughs> as, as far as in, in that industry. And then even with the UFC, you know, that all that testosterone and and that uh that uh alpha you know people people are behind the scenes you wouldn't think that they are the way they are you know you get the <laughs> nice picture of people when you see them on on tv or you see them you know it's but they're different people and then yeah. you, you you find the coolest people you find the coolest people you know, but the handlers, you know, like take for instance, a person, the talent might want to come to you and talk to you, but whoever's the producer, oh, don't look at them in the eye. <laughs> don't look at them in the face. <laughs> oh, don't ask any questions. You know, and they might 
they come to you to ask questions or how does this air work or how, you know, I've been on some shows and Shaq came back. Well, how does this work? What's going on with this, that, and the other? And, but understanding that, you know, talent has filters in between them, but some people are really cool and, and, but their handlers are, don't look at him. Don't, you yeah. know, don't, don't, don't have a conversation with him. Don't yeah. talk to them. Only I could talk to them. Right. You know? oh, I had that with Bill Cosby. Oh sure. yeah. I did Bill Cosby. He, yeah. I did Bill Cosby. He, look at him now. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a whole nother story. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, yeah, cats are, you know, they're, 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 they're behind the scenes. You know, people are people and some are inflated and some are deflated. Some are just cool cats. Yeah. You know, just cool cats and just want to have a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, when we put people on a pedestal, when we put yeah. people on a pedestal, you don't realize they got to do the same thing that you have to do. They got to go home and eat dinner and, and, and function the same way as when you go home and function. Right. You know, right. I'm, I'm not a starstruck person because I've been around so much different talent and I'm not a kind of person who um, uh, run up and say, oh, can I get your autograph or can I get, you know, because I see, well, maybe you need my autograph. you know this is what i do you know this is what i bring to the table and i'm pretty cocky about hey i have a talent i have a craft and i like to respect the same respect that you get for your talent i like to get for mine right right did anybody ever star strike you anybody i'm a philadelphia eagles fan Uh uh-huh I was working at the Paris in Las Vegas here. And a friend of mine told me that um, Donovan McNabb was in the casino. Just so happened, they had just won the NFC championship after the Super Bowl. And I had my NFC championship hat on, brand new. and. I went up to him and asked for an autograph. Is it, I'm not doing no autographs. And that kind of crushed me because I'm a big Philadelphia Eagles fan, <laughs> you know? But yeah. other than that, I've never asked anybody for an autograph. Ne- never asked anything. And I've sat down and ate with some celebrities. And I have a lot of musician friends from the Philadelphia and the New York area, quite a, quite a few, you know, when they come to town, they, a lot of the younger cats call me, oh, they say, oh, oh, I'm here in town, come and hang out, you know, let's go do this here. Uh, the tour bus is just gonna be out there, pick me up, you know, and uh, let's go hang out for a minute and let's go get something to eat, some sushi or some soul food or some ramen, you know, they just like, you know, everybody else. I, you know, had some friends who were, with uh, uh, Gaga, when Gaga comes to town, you know, I get a phone call, or when Maxwell comes to town, I get a phone call from some of the musicians who are working the tours, and you know, uh, oh, well, 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 you want to come to the show? Mm-hmm. No, I don't want to come to the show. Oh, we put you on the side list. I'm good. <laughs> right. I, I'm I'm good like that there. 
But if I went to, if maybe I went to, I was in a different city, I'd be more adapt to doing that. But being right. here in town, only time I want to go on the Las Vegas Strip is when I'm working. Yeah. Other than that, I really don't like dealing with the tourism, the crowd, and, you know, yeah. I even, you know, going through the hotels, I don't want, I, I don't like being cattled. Yeah, I gotcha. You know, I don't, I don't sure. like being cattled. I normally, if I do decide, or even if I go out and eat, I normally go through the back hallways. <laughs> you know, I go to the back, get in, get out. And <laughs> right. Just a quick, you know, that I don't have to walk the mile to get to the car. I can walk a half yeah. a mile to get to the car. Yeah. Every you know, time I go to Vegas, I want somebody to show me those back hallways because I, I feel exactly the same way. I, I know them all. Show me how I can, I can avert, you know, yeah. get away from all of this and avoid them all. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. The crowd that, you know, I, I can't understand that how people when they go to different cities to be a tourist and everybody wants to shop i don't go shopping i don't go want to visit some place and go shopping yeah if i visit a city or if i'm traveling and working if i'm working on a show site in san francisco i want to go to where the san francisco people go to hang out at absolutely you know i want to go eat at the local spots i don't want to go to you just hit it you know, it's about the food, right? Yeah, the culture. Exactly. Let's, exactly. Let's see what's yeah. going on in this city and what it's yeah. really like. I How, hear you totally. Hey, that's why we are feed the crew. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Definitely feed the crew. Yeah, we want to see something different, something going on. We want to see the atmosphere, the heartbeat. I mean, as you know, New York is different than Philadelphia. Is different than DC. Yeah. Is different than Baltimore. Is different than Atlanta. Is different than Miami. You know, it's different than Memphis. It's different yeah. than every city has its own heartbeat. Yep. You know, Absolutely. and while we're in this industry and you get this opportunity to tour around the country, embrace that. Right. Well, why would you want to go shopping? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand that. Shopping. Well, and you, it, you're in Vegas. So my thing with, um, with everything that we just said about the different cities and the different cultures, the strip in Las Vegas is the tourist part. That whole strip is not the culture of Vegas. No. And no, that's, no, no. that's like my chief complaint about going to Vegas is like, I'm going to miss out on the culture because I don't have time to get off the strip. Yeah, you, you have here in Vegas, I mean, you, you, you can go to Chinatown and enjoy yourself. You can go up um in different parts and enjoy different foods and, and different, the city has a different feel. But let me talk about Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. The strip is not, the strip is not in Las Vegas, technically. The strip is Clark County. Right. Las Vegas is downtown. Right. That's the city of Las Everything else is a section. Like I, I live in Spring Valley, you know, and and it, there's just different things that are going on in the different sections. Like, you know, when you're in Philadelphia, if you went to West Philly or you went to, to South Philly and the culture is totally different. Yes. To totally different, totally different foods, totally different atmosphere. Mm -hmm. the, the beat is, is different. And you know, you know how it is in Jersey. You have your, 
your local spots and, you know. Yeah, I am originally a Jersey girl, for sure. You know, when you go down the shore, you know you're going to get some saltwater taffy. <laughs> you know, you know you're going to get some pretzels or, or some peanuts. You know, and you're going to go candy. down the shore. You're not going to the beach. You're going down exactly, the shore. Exactly, down the shore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I tell everybody, I said, you know, we don't have beaches. We have the shore. Yeah, that's right. You know, <laughs> which is totally different. Totally, totally. And the food is totally different. I mean, you know, the, the, food, the food that you get in other places is so different than the food that you get from here you know mm -hmm. and you have to really this is a tourist city yeah so you can come here and be a tourist or you can enjoy some of the other things you know you can go out to valley of fire or you go out to up to mount charleston you know in march in march and april you could go ride jet skis on the lake and then in the same day, you can go skiing in the mountain. That is awesome. You know, that is so awesome. but there's, there's much more to Vegas than the Elvis thing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, absolutely. much, much, much more. And, you know, they have really nice theaters. They have different scenes. I mean, you, you can go to some local spots and get some really nice jazz or, you can go and and get that Hawaiian flavor to you. You know they call they call Las Vegas the Eighth Island. You know there's a lot them, of oh okay there's a there's a lot of uh, Polynesians here. Okay. From uh, Hawaii and uh, uh, Pacific Islands, Pacific Islanders. There's a lot of folks that are here. There's a lot of people here from Chicago. There's a lot of people here from New Orleans, and you know. You have a lot of people from Philadelphia, from New York, and the culture is changing. It's melting. I mean, it's like the pizza, the pizza that you get here in Vegas is not the same pizza you get in Jersey. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's totally different. I miss Jersey pizza and cheesesteaks. You know, the cheesesteak. Well, everybody like, oh, we go to Philly. I tell everybody, no, no, no. Philly doesn't have the best no, cheesesteak. No. That's right. Jersey has the best cheesesteaks. And then I give a, a good second to Delaware. <laughs> oh, you know? right? Yeah. You know, Delaware has good, good cheesesteaks also. But yeah, we don't no. call them a Philly cheesesteak. We call them cheesesteaks. Right. <laughs> you know? I, I tell everybody that asks me about that, I'm like, do not go to, to Philly for a cheesesteak. You go to you cross the bridge, go to any mom and pop across the bridge in any Jersey. Any mom and pop. Any mom and pop across the bridge in New Jersey, you're going to have a far better cheesesteak than what you're going to get know. in Philly. Sorry, Philly, but yeah. it's true. It's true. You're not going to get a good pierogi in, in, in Philly. You'll get a no. good pierogi in Jersey. <laughs> you, know? you know? And it, what about the pork roll? <laughs> oh, right? <laughs> You know, a lot of people don't even know what that is. Don't even know, have a clue as to what that is. You a lot know? of people don't know that in New Jersey, snapper soup is a turtle. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's fun here in Vegas. I've been here for 30 years now. I have about six or seven more years here. I don't know what my next adventure is, where it's going to take me to. I yeah. have a feeling it's going to be the Southeast. Gotcha. That's okay. where I, I've been leaning more towards maybe South Carolina. 
Oh, okay. Because of um, they don't tax you on your on your retirement or on your social security. Ah, nice. So you're you're able to buy a lot. You're able, like in Texas, you're able to buy a bigger and better house in Texas than you could, you mm-hmm. know, like in Jersey. Right. You know, the house right. that you get in Jersey that you spent four hundred thousand dollars on, <laughs> and you go buy it in Texas, you're yeah. gonna, you're going to get like four or five thousand square feet. <laughs> oh yeah. As opposed to eleven hundred. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we uh, we left that small house in New Jersey behind for this large one here in Texas. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, sometime you have to move to the next episode to be comfortable. Right. But I, I, I'm still going to continue to work. I'll, I'll never just throw it up unless my health goes bad. But yeah. I, I always stay in this here lane of AV production and just, you know, at the end of the day, consult. Yeah. <laughs> Totally Especially hear you. When you get a certain amount of years of experience. Yep, absolutely. You found yourself working on the campaign trail oh, during yeah. the pandemic. Yeah, a friend, a friend of mine called me up and will say, are you available to do this, that, and other? There's a lot of people who are collecting benefits, and if they work a day or two, then that screws up those benefits for that particular week. But me, I don't see it as that way. I see it as let me be up in front as much as I can. Wait a minute. You want me to come and switch Kamala Harris and President Obama and Michael B. Jordan? Oh, yeah, I'll do that to have my name attached to that. Of course I have that. Oh, do you want me to go shoot this here, get out and vote? Yeah, I, you know, that's, I'm not going to just sit back and not do anything and take, you know, just try to take a check from someplace that I didn't earn it from. I'm not built that way you know i'm built i like going out and getting it i like going out and being a part of it and then once i did that switch for kamala and uh and president obama then they called me back to do something else you know and then they called me back to do something else and then i'm doing it again on monday so it's okay but i you know i've done a lot of stuff. I mean, I've done the Soul Train Awards. I've done Miss America. I've done quite a few different things as far as on the broadcast end of it. Mm-hmm. On the corporate side of it, I've done a lot. So I've been able to, like I said, fit in where I fit in. Yeah, that's you great. Know, fit in where yeah, I, I want to add that part about your uh, working for Biden Harris campaign. I want to put that into that other okay. segment we talked about. No problem. So thank you for no telling me about that. Yeah, ah. anytime you want to come and get on a topic, please. <laughs> well, and I'm going to, I also made a note to put you back on my schedule so that we could talk about political stuff. Um, but we'll do a phone call first. And yeah. I'm going to jump because I got to end this by 1.30, this, our time, 1.30, yeah, so that I can hit up. my next one. So, hey, stay in touch. I really enjoyed the conversation, and let's do it again. Me too. Thank you so much for being with us. No problem. Have a great day, and we'll discuss other things later. Sounds great. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Check out our website at feedthecrewpodcast.com for more information, as well as links to all of our episodes, bulletins, and social media. When you're hungry for inspiration, information, friends, and laughter, join us. Join us. Join Join us. us on Feed the Crew.